On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me across the airwaves is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing today, Ben? Pretty good. The sun is out. I got to mow my lawn yesterday, and I get to go see a concert in Portland. Nice. Sounds fun. Yeah, the sun is out. It's been really nice the last couple days after lots of rain. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. yeah, it almost feels a little early for it, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Uh, not going to complain at all. It's been warm, which has been pretty nice. Uh, but let's uh, move right into the race we have to talk about today, which is the Formula One Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We'll start with qualifying to give you some context. Uh, the top ten were Sergio Perez on pole position, followed by Fernando Alonso, George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, Esteban Ocon, Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, Pierre Gasly, and Nico Hulkenberg. Now, one thing to note is that Charles Leclerc actually did qualify in P2, but he had an engine penalty, which we will talk about later on. And Logan Sargent's time would have been good enough to get him ahead of Hulkenberg, I think, right? Uh, possibly. At least, yeah, I'm still bent out of shape on that. Yes, Logan Sargent uh, had a pretty good lap, but he had it deleted. I think he had two laps deleted over the course of qualifying <sighs> for crossing. Well, I don't know what the first one was for, but the second one was definitely for crossing over one of the lines on the main straight. It wasn't the pit entry line like they kept saying on, <laughs> on the broadcast, um, but it was a little bit past there for some reason. Uh, if you put even just a tire just a little bit over that line, they would delete your lap. Yeah, uh, and, and on one up. hand, it's a really, I thought it was a really weird place to be so specific because you don't really gain an advantage from crossing that line. But at the same time, it was dumb that he forgot not to cross over it because he didn't gain an advantage by crossing over the line. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of uh, a little bit of a lapse of judgment on his part. However, he did say that in, in his uh, post-qualifying interview that he wishes that they would have enforced that more strictly during the practice sessions because he said he was doing that the entirety of all the practice sessions and no one ever said anything. Mm. Um, so even while it was in the race notes and he said that was on him for forgetting that, he wished that uh, they actually policed it in the practice sessions so it would have been more fresh in his mind. Makes sense. But yeah, really disappointing because he had an incredible time in Q, uh, Q1. Yeah, for that Williams, yeah, he would have made it to Q2 for sure. But unfortunately, he did not He did not get a representative time on the board, and so he started in P20. Uh, yeah. Another thing to note, uh, going into Q2, Max Verstappen had a uh, his drive shaft broke during qualifying. Oh, yes. And so he was also not able to set a representative time in Q2, so he started in 15th place. Yeah, so a little bit of a pull shakeup. Yep, we had Verstappen in 15th and Leclerc down in 12th, so it was really anybody's... Well, I guess with the Red Bull the way it is, Perez was almost guaranteed pole position, which he got yeah. by over five-tenths of a second, or almost five-tenths, yeah, just under five-tenths of a second, but still... Yeah. And we already saw last season that Max starting from way back in the in the grid doesn't really affect his performance at all. Right. 
uh, yeah, so let's move on to the race. Uh, it started off, and Alonso was able to take the lead into turn one after getting a fantastic start, but he was quickly passed by Perez on lap four. Uh, on the lap, on the first lap, Piastri lost part of his front wing and had to box. Just more problems for McLaren. Um, another thing to note is Alonso got a penalty for being outside of his grid box on the start, and he was very much outside of his grid box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not even close. Yeah, so I'm he... learning about a, a lot more new penalties this season than I ever thought I would two races in. Yeah, it's been interesting. They've uh. They've been enforcing stuff way stricter than than they usually do or have in the past. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's a good thing, honestly. Uh, if you're breaking the rules, it should be penalized. But, you know, there's a lot of controversy there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he got a five-second penalty that he was forced to serve in his next pit stop. Uh, moving on, Verstappen quickly made his way through the field, along with Leclerc. They were cutting through traffic like uh, it was nothing. Leclerc got up to about P8, I believe, before he kind of his forward progress kind of stalled out. Um, but Verstappen did not stall out at all. He made his way all the way up to P4, when on lap 18, Lance Stroll had an engine failure and caused the only safety car of the race. On the restart, Verstappen started from fourth and made quick work of Russell and Alonso in front of him. Uh, and pulled right up behind um, Sergio Perez. Uh, after that, Lewis Hamilton passed Carlos Sainz on lap 22 to move into P5. On lap 27, Alex Albon had to retire from the race with a brake failure. It was kind of a weird incident there. He uh, he had this brake failure, and then he drove right past the pits. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, a little strange. I didn't really understand it, but he decided to slowly go around for another lap before coming into the pits to retire the car. Uh, maybe he thought that there was something his team could do, but it, it didn't seem like uh, they could do anything. It seemed like a break-by-wire failure is what they were saying. So unfortunately for Alex, he did have to retire the car. After yeah, that, that was on... very strange. Yeah. On lap 46, uh, way later in the race, Kevin Magnussen passed Yuki Tsunoda to take P10 in the last points paying position. And then for the rest of the race, Perez and Verstappen swapped fastest laps, but Perez was able to maintain about a five-second gap to Verstappen for the whole race, I believe, because Verstappen had a problem with the car. Uh, we still aren't super sure what that problem with the car was. It was yeah. never really stated, and then Verstappen was able to take the fastest lap on the last lap of the race, so who knows? Yeah, he was very convinced that there was something wrong with this car, but engineering clearly was not. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was kind of strange. I don't know. He said there was some high pitched noise when he got it high into the revs. Um, you know, I'm inclined to believe the driver because he's in the car, but uh. Evidently, it didn't really affect anything. Yeah. So, we'll see. I'll see if that uh, follows him into next week. But I'm sure if it does, then they'll get that sorted out in the practice sessions. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite Max things is I saw it a lot last season. Um, he'd be like, "Something feels weird with the car. Like the car isn't performing like I want it to, or something like that." During the race, as he's setting fastest laps and just gapping people. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton's so. been known to do that too. Yeah. My tires are gone, yeah. Bono. And then all of a sudden he's like the fastest car on the track by a country mile. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there might actually be something left there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was the race. Uh, going into the results, Sergio Perez won the race by about five seconds, followed by Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso on the podium. Uh, fourth uh, through tenth is Russell, Hamilton, Sainz, Leclerc, Acon, Gasly, and Magnussen. Eleven through fifteen is Sunoda, Hulkenberg, Joe, DeVries, and Piastri. And then sixteen through eighteen, rounding off the finishers were Sargent, Norris, and Bottas. And then our two DNFs for the race were Albon and Stroll. So, this was not the most exciting race. I'll say it. Uh, no, this won't is go definitely down a, a race to use the half-hour highlights that they post after the race. Absolutely, yes. I would, if you want to go back and watch it, <laughs> like like Ben said, do the half-hour highlights. Uh, basically, half the, half the race was basically nothing. It was just people driving around. Um, <laughs> not a lot of action for most of the race, once Max got through the field. And, um, yeah, Red Bull domination continues. That car is an absolute rocket ship. It makes all the other cars look like F2 cars. It's actually insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, there's Red Bull and then there's the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, you just see the difference on the straights, especially, between the Red Bull and every other car. <laughs> it's like you would the, the commentators would get excited when Max pulled up to the back of somebody, like... Oh, is this person going to defend from Max? And then Max is like past them halfway down the straight. <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy. That car is insane in a straight line. It's insane in the corners. I don't think anyone's going to get even close to them this year. No. So Alonzo had some penalty drama at the end of the race when he came into the pits to serve his five-second penalty for being outside of his grid box. One of the Jackman, the rear Jackman, put the jack on the back of the car and you're not allowed to touch the car for five seconds when you're serving a penalty um so after the race was over he received a 10 second penalty for that which would have dropped him to fourth place however a few hours later and after some aston martin complaining they decided to rescind the penalty and so alonzo was promoted back to p3 kind of yeah, uh, weird yeah that was not handled very well not at all um now like alonzo clearly should have gotten it like i didn't yeah. really have any doubt in my mind on that uh even watching like the the leaderboard russell is like a tenth of a second behind him when it showed alonzo crossing the line if the timing boards are accurate from what we see uh, I'm yeah. sure there's a little discrepancy between what the timing board show on the TV and what the FIA has access to. Yeah. I don't know. It is, uh, it's very strange, that whole situation. It's hard to say what really went on there, um, but hopefully that doesn't happen again because it's no fun to have the podium not knowing if someone's going to be on the podium and then they get taken off the podium afterwards and they get put back on the podium hours later. <laughs> Yeah, it's but it did pain. it did make for some interesting and funny meme meme worthy exchanges between Fernando Alonso and George Russell on Twitter. Yeah, it almost <laughs> makes me want to get a Twitter. 
Yeah, that's the only thing that could even remotely make me want to go to Twitter. F1 drama <laughs> and F1 memes, yeah. Exactly. McLaren is still at the back of the field, even after not having two DNFs. Um, it's not, not a good year to be a McLaren fan. No. Uh, no and all the, the Danny Brick fans who were being told to cope last year when he left McLaren uh, are now very happy that he's at Red Bull. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people are saying Danny Rick wasn't the problem. I don't think Danny Rick was necessarily the problem, but, I mean, that argument doesn't really hold water because he was still demolished by Lando last season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and now you're seeing Lando right at the back with Piastri. I mean, he finished behind Piastri this time. Yeah, it was it was hard to tell, hard to say what was really going on there. Uh, Lando was kind of slow all weekend. I don't know yeah, what the deal Sergeant was. Sergeant finished ahead of him. Yeah, for sure. But Piastri was definitely racy and, and got past Norris and Sargent in the last few laps of the race. Uh, another thing to note is that Piastri, I think, did, what they say, 49 of the 50 laps on one set of tires after pitting on lap one. What? Yeah, his uh, his second stint was 49 laps long on the hard tires. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, pretty insane. And he was still racing people at the very end. It's pretty pretty awesome. Huh. Um well. but yeah, that that McLaren, I don't know if they just had another off week and had problems or what the deal is, but their race pace is nowhere. And even their qualifying pace, like Lando qualified what, nineteenth? He still well, I don't know if he really qualified there. Was he out? I don't think he was out in Q one, was he? He must have taken a penalty or something. He might have been out in Q one. Wow. Because I Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I I think he might have been out in Q1. Oh, yeah, based on that time, he probably would have been. Yeah, because they're also talking about how it's like the first time he hasn't qualified outside of Q1, like, for a couple of years now. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah, Lando, it's, if you see Lando going out in Q1, that car must be horrible. Yeah, and it, it's kind of sad because McLaren's trajectory in 2021 was, you know, everybody's joking. He's like, oh, they're the fastest Mercedes on the field. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. The The driver pairing was going pretty well. Um, and then 2022 with the reg changes, they just did not get it right. Kind of similar to Mercedes, but way worse. And it yeah. seems like they've just continued their downward trajectory. Yeah. Uh, it was it's kind of kind of hard to watch if you're a McLaren fan especially like myself um yeah it's it's not not easy being being a McLaren fan right now <laughs> but no, it's uh, a little bit easier to be an Alpine fan though yeah I mean they're pretty much where they have been for the last few years top of the midfield um yeah if you can call it a midfield I mean there's yeah, the so midfield weird. is like nine teams right now maybe eight uh seven i guess if you take out alpha tower and mclaren um yeah and but aston martin's pretending to be a top of the a top of the field team and it's, it's so weird but yeah uh gasly was only a couple seconds behind Ocon in race pace yeah uh, i think gasly's cool gasly has impressed me how quickly he's picking up that car um yeah 
he's just uh, kind of slotted right right in. He's right in there with Akon, pretty much. Yeah. I think both races, he was right there with him. So, do you think um, he's gonna outpace Akon here in the the next few races, or are they gonna be pretty even with each other? I think they're gonna be pretty even most of the season. Um, I I in terms of their skill, I would rate them pretty close together. Uh, Gasly had an off year last season, and before that, I. I think he was one of the best drivers on the grid, um, so I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say, but I rate them both pretty highly. Akon is super consistent. Uh, Gasly's pretty consistent as well. So yeah, I think outside of you know whatever drama issues they had in the past, in terms of just pure like race pace driver pairing, it's probably one of the better ones in the field. Yeah, especially in terms of just consistently picking up points every week. Uh, yeah. You're not you don't have people that are known for crashing on lap one or whatever that are gonna you know cost you points a lot. People like Kevin Magnuson, um, <laughs> <laughs> who did get plus one point for Haas. He did score points this weekend or a point. Um, but I mean Magnuson and Hulkenberg have also been. I think they're gonna be pretty close in pace too. But yeah, it looks like those... Hulkenberg was. How far was he off Magnuson's pace? Three seconds? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, I think they'll be pretty close, too. Kevin Madison is uh, not as consistent. Nico Hulkenberg has seemed to be pretty consistent so far this season. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. So, Mercedes is also looking better this weekend. Uh they had that letter that came out after the last race. <laughs> the Mercedes apology fans. letter, which is yeah. becoming a, a trend. Yeah, it's they they released this letter on social media, basically apologizing to their fans for how bad they are, even though they scored like P four and P five or whatever in, in Bahrain. Yeah, uh, it was it was kind of cringy, if I'm being honest. Um. But I will say they did seem to be a little more on the pace this week. They were definitely closer to Aston Martin, especially. I think that's going to be a battle to watch. Well, honestly, the, the that whole battle between it's going to be Aston Martin, Mercedes, and Ferrari, I think, is going to be kind of the the one to watch this season because Red so Bull's weird. so far on the front. Yeah. Um, but no, we saw we saw Russell and Hamilton. Especially Hamilton carving back up from where did he start? Eighth, something like that. Or yeah, seventh. Oh, seventh. Um, we saw him make some pretty good moves. Uh, so clearly, Carr has more pace than he was talking about uh, after the first race. He was pretty dejected after that first race. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he was able to move up through the field a little bit, like you said, and he was on. Uh, an unfavorable tire strategy as well. Yeah. So he was able to make that work. Um, I think if he maybe got a little bit of a better strategy, he probably could have challenged Russell more for P4. But, yeah, I would say Mercedes definitely looked better this week than they did last week. Um, Ferrari is still struggling. While Leclerc did make his way through the field and end up in P7, and Sainz was P6, uh... Ferrari did drop the ball a little bit during the safety car period uh, where Leclerc was driving around the track and you have to keep to a certain delta 
time um, on your safety car. You can't go too fast, but between the timing lines, you are allowed to speed up. And they should have told Leclerc to speed up because if he did, he would have gotten past Hamilton at the pit exit. But instead, uh, they waited to tell him until after Hamilton already passed him on pit exit. <laughs> uh, so he lost a place just because Ferrari didn't tell him to speed up, which was rather unfortunate for him. <laughs> yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Ferrari, man. They're just not, they just, they're not organized. They keep making mistakes like this. It was... And this is even with new management, and is it Leclerc's, and does Leclerc have a new engineer? Or... Uh, no, it's the same guy. No? Uh, same guy, it's else. been for a couple of years, I think. But... Gotcha. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping that the management shakeup would kind of help, even if the car wasn't mechanically performing as well, the management shakeup could at least kind of help alleviate some of that pain, but... That does not seem to be the case so far. And granted, we're only two races in, and it's a pretty new management team, but man, I hope they pick things up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of... For Ferrari fans, I'm sure it's very difficult to watch. <laughs> uh, they just keep... It seems like every race they do something like that, where it's just a completely unnecessary mistake. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the the two places behind the Ferraris in sixth and seventh is Alpine, which is the midfield team. Yeah, that's kind of like yeah, that's the midfield marker. Uh, so any further, and I mean, that's that's a, a bad place to be if you're Ferrari. Yeah, it's 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 kind of rough. <laughs> uh, hopefully they can get that turned around for their sake. Um. But, I mean, no one's going to challenge Red Bull this season. It's not not even close. The only the only person that has the opportunity to challenge Verstappen for the championship is Perez. And even though he won this race, I do not see that happening. Because if Max didn't start 15th, he would have won by a long ways. Mm-hmm. All right. So that uh, kind of rounds off the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix for this week. Let's move on to paddock news. We've only got one thing, and uh, I just wanted to talk about the chaos at the end of the Sebring 12-hour race. Um, oh, I there think wasn't... I saw this. You don't think you saw it, or you did? I think I did, yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. Matthew Jaminet, with 18 minutes left in the race, shoved Philippe Albuquerque off the track. Albuquerque lost control in the dirt, and then speared across the track at the next corner to take out the other two leading LMDH cars. Yeah. P- pretty crazy incident. And so the guy in fourth place was promoted to the lead and, and uh, won the race. I love endurance racing. Class. Yes, it's very fun to watch. Um, I love endurance racing. Uh, lap traffic always makes things interesting. And the and tracks themselves uh, are always so variable. Yes. Sebring is insane. Like Every time I, I like play any games or anything where where I can race on Sebring, it's, it's crazy how bumpy that track is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like it's I-80. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very difficult track because of the bumps, I would say. There's really not that much elevation change, but the bumps just unsettle the cars so much that you have to be so careful. Yeah, so it was kind of entertaining to see, but also horrific. Um, anyways, yeah, uh, endurance racing is pretty neat. It is pretty neat. 
Uh, it's not often you see the three leaders take themselves out of the race. No. Um, so that was very exciting. Uh, unfortunate with only 18 minutes left out of a 12-hour race. <laughs> but that's what happens at the end is everybody wants to get the best position That's when everybody's possible. tuning in, yeah, the last half exactly. hour. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Pit Stop Championship for this week. Once again, Charles Leclerc tops the timing sheets uh, on the pit stops with a time of 2.1 seconds. Actually, a pretty pretty fast pit stop for these new pit stop regs. Um, second place was Alpine and Ocon. Third place was Perez. And then fourth through tenth, rounding off the points finishers were Russell, Gasly, Sainz, Verstappen, Magnussen, Norris, and Stroll. So, pretty good showing from Ferrari. Another, well, it was pretty average showing from Red Bull for them. Uh, they were always top of the timing sheets last last year. Perez seemed to always win this this particular segment. Uh, but yeah, Leclerc has started out his season very strong in the pit stop championship. Well, at least there's one thing going for him. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to overtake of the week, I give this to Lance Stroll on Carlos Sainz at turn 13 in Saudi Arabia on lap 1. Uh, turn 13 is that long left-hander that's banked uh, kind of a quarter of the way through the circuit. Um, very difficult to go around the outside, and Stroll managed to pull it off uh, on, yeah, on the first just... lap with cold tires. Yeah, that was a great-looking pass. Fantastic. Um there really weren't that many other notable passes in that race <laughs> in terms of anything too bold or daring. No, something, something street circuit. Yeah. So hopefully that changes in Australia next week. Uh, we'll see. Australia is not exactly known for having the most exciting races, but you never know. It could be a banger. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our predictions for the week. Uh, we'll go we'll start with last week's predictions for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. To remind everybody, the top five was Perez, Verstappen, Alonso, Russell, and Hamilton. Uh, I guessed Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Alonso, and Sainz with my dark horse as Batas. Everything was wrong for me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ben? Uh, I had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Alonso, Sainz with my dark horses, Ocon. Um, those were all wrong as well. Yeah, because we had the same top five prediction. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that. That's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot about that until you started reading that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's right, got the same fastest. list that I do. Yeah, it gets a little better for you from here on out, though. Uh, fastest lap went to Max Verstappen. I guessed Lance Stroll and was very incorrect. What did you guess, Ben? Uh, I have Verstappen. Uh, as well as for a jar of the day, it was Verstappen. Um, yep. Yeah, and I, I just went with the boring choice, but it worked. Yes, it did. <laughs> for driver of the day, I went for Alex Albon. Unfortunately, his brakes had other ideas. Mm. Uh, all right. I think he had a chance at driver of the day if his brakes didn't fail. No, but, you know, I can, I can dream. All right. Let's move on to our predictions for the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, I am, have gone boring again with the winner being Max Verstappen. Uh, second place, I said Sergio Perez. Third place, I'm putting Lance Stroll. I think he's going to have a good race. And again, mm. I think Aston Martin is the second fastest car. Maybe Fernando Alonso has some problems or gets another penalty. Who knows? 
but I did put Alonzo in P4, followed by Leclerc in P5, and my dark horse was Pierre Gasly. Alrighty, yeah, I also had Verstappen and Perez in first and second. Uh, I had Russell for my third, um, for when Alonso inevitably gets a penalty, and for when Leclerc inevitably has a bad pit strategy. Um, after that, I have Alonso and then Leclerc uh, for fourth and fifth. And my dark horse is Ocon again, because the hype train does not stop. <laughs> does not stop. And once again, we have a pretty similar prediction with Stroll and Russell being the only difference in P3. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully the season shakes up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we want to be right. Daring is fun, but being right is more fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. Fastest lap prediction, I went with Fernando Alonso. And I have Sergio Perez. All right. And then driver of the day, I went with Pierre Gasly. And I went with Russell. Uh, if Russell gets a podium, I, I could see him getting driver of the day. I don't think yep. Verstappen's going to have... Hopefully they get the driveline problems figured out. Uh, and if they do, he's going to have a pretty free qualifying. And I don't really see any heroics getting him to driver of the day. Yeah, probably not. All right, Ben, do you have any words of wisdom for the lovely yes. people? I mentioned earlier at the start of the show that I l- mowed my lawn, and it made me think, man, if everybody had a small motor to work on, then that'd be really good for, you know, learning how motors work, because, you know, cars have motors, and, well, less and less of them do, but, you know, it's nice <laughs> to have just, like, a small little mechanical thing to work on. They're cheap. Uh, so my words of wisdom, I guess, are invest in, you know, maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars on getting a little motor that you can work on and practice changing the oil, practice changing out spark plugs, learn how they work. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good experience to have. Good advice, Ben. It's always nice to know how to do things and, uh, service your car, especially by yourself. I too have had, uh, have had to work on my car by myself because, boy, the dealerships really like to rip you off. <laughs> also, RX-8 owner. Yes, former RX-8 owner. Yeah, uh, he's reformed. Yes, I I have seen the light, and and when I say the light, I mean the check engine light enough. <laughs> um, so I sold my RX-8, and now I have a Mazda Speed 3 that also has a check engine light that keeps coming on. Uh, but that's, uh, has nothing to do with the engine. It's a, it's a minor emissions leak coming from what I believe to be a cracked fuel tank. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, they, uh, I took it to the dealership this, or a couple weeks ago and they wanted to charge me $700 for brakes. And I said, <laughs> no. Didn't you so. just, did, wait, wasn't your uh, previous car, uh, before the RX-8 a Honda Civic SI? It was, yes. One of the most reliable front wheel drive sports cars you can get. Yeah, please don't remind me. <laughs> uh, worst decision. Well, yeah, <laughs> not not a great decision. If I could take it back, I would. But uh, I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the you only reason I got rid of that car. Type R. The only reason I got rid of that car is for the the front wheel drive. I didn't like it. I was not having as much fun as I thought I could have. And I will yeah. say the RX-8, while being a pain to keep maintained was extraordinarily fun to drive uh and then i sold that and got another front wheel drive sports car so <laughs> uh you know 
take it a step backwards, but it's okay. Uh, next one will be rear-wheel drive for sure. I don't know when that will be. I need to pay off my current one first. Mustang, 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 Mustang. Possibly. Mustang. I've thought about it. Mustang, Charger, something in there. The only thing with the Charger is doesn't come with a manual, so that's going to make it hard to sell that to me. If I get a Mustang, you it'll can, have to be a GT. You can uh, get some Chargers with a manual, right? You have to. Uh, I don't know. I think they'll just have the pedal shifters. Mm. But... I don't know. If they, if they do make a Charger with a manual, I'd be very interested. And they have to. That's like Dodge's know. whole thing. It's like, look how old-fashioned our cars are. Well, I thought it was more, look how big our engines are, but... <laughs> old-fashioned, you know. Old-fashioned. I'm not big. against it, yeah. I don't know. If I can find a Charger with a manual, that'd be very tempting. Uh, but Mustang GT is definitely tempting. I've also thought about a Miata. Don't need power, just need fun. Ooh. Lovely Miata. Um, or a GT86. Yeah. I could talk oh, for hours about what car I would buy if I had an extra 50k lying around. Oh, exactly. If I had an extra 50k lying around, Mark IV Supra. Oh, man. Okay. But, yes. I can tell we are car nerds. <laughs> I would uh, love to get back into a rear-wheel drive car someday, and I'm sure that will happen someday. If I strike it rich, I would love the new the new uh 400z or just or is it called just the z now i think it's just called the z yeah yeah would you buy one of the new supras um for performance yes i think they are very good in performance however they come with a manual now i do they come with a manual now yeah they added it uh halfway through last year i think it comes with the inline six version that is a game changer i did not know that (laughs) Because yeah, that was my only problem with that car. Yeah, now you have it. Okay. Confirmed. Well, maybe, maybe I get the Supra. I mean, it's the same price as the Z, so that's going to be a decision I have to make. The Z is very tempting with the twin-turbo V6. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nissan makes very good engines, so... It's it's going to be a... <laughs> that, that's tight now that I now that I know that the Supra comes with a stick, so... Yeah. We'll see. Uh... And then there's also the Porsche Cayman, which I'd have to oh. fork a little more over. But, oh man, that car looks insanely fun. Yeah, I've been seeing reviews for the new, uh, the Evija, is that what it is? Or is it the Amira? Uh, uh, the new Lotus. The Lotus? Oh yeah. man, if I could get a Lotus, that'd be insane. Because Lotuses are... If I had $100,000 laying around to spend on a mid-engined Camry engined sports car from Britain, that would be it. Absolutely. I mean, Lotus is, it's the, like the pinnacle of driver experience. It's uh, beautiful. They strip it everything down. Good. It's yeah. not a comfortable car. You get no amenities. I don't think they even have radios, but well, no, this new one, like it has like heated seats. I'm pretty sure. Like it has oh, it actually Apple has stuff? CarPlay. Yeah. Actually, it's actually comfortable inside. Ooh. Cause I know the, like the Elise, which is their classic car is like, essentially a pontiac fiero on the inside Uh, yeah this is more like it's like an evora but with a a nicer interior is i guess the the closest comparison gotcha that would uh that'd be nice we're (laughs) starting to get into a different podcast aren't we uh maybe possibly (laughs) i just need to uh, start my own on what car i would drive and it changes every every day of the week every day of the week it's true it's uh it's hard to decide there's so many good ones 
but yeah, so like you said, it's a getting into a different different show. So we'll just wrap this one up. Thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on because it really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. I check it every week, so do not be shy. Please post something, and we would love to talk to you guys. It doesn't even have to be racing related. Tell For us what, sure. how wrong we are about the, the Mark V Supra. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> you can follow Ben on Instagram at Benji Meets World and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in two weeks to cover the Australian Grand Prix and the PPG 375 at Texas Motor Speedway for IndyCar. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you guys.